It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. My friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, or their lives, or their opportunity. And force comes in a lot of different packages. It can be a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos Globalist Elite's agenda, or the new 87,000 IRS agents authorized in the Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act. And um, happy Monday to you, Producer Steve. Well, <laughs> alliteration says marvelous Monday, but I'm still <laughs> I'm still stuck in yesterday <laughs> trying to recover from a, a trip downtown on the free RTD. It was uh, quite, a, quite an adventure. <laughs> uh, what happened exactly? Well, uh, I don't think we have the time to get into this, but it was just, you know, an eye opener. Uh, the things that you uh, experience and witness uh, when you're on public transportation and then uh, walking the 16th Street Mall. That was uh, that was entertaining. And uh, yeah, well, uh, you did send me a picture of uh, one of the train stops and uh, clearly in disrepair and um uh, I, I don't know what to say, but uh, clearly in disrepair, not taking care of things. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I, 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 you did say in the pre-call that uh, your, your, uh, one of your family members said, hey, look at that guy over there with a, a, a toilet seat around his neck, correct? Yeah, my daughter was walking right next to me and she said, oh, let's not forget the guy with a toilet seat around his neck. And I thought she was kidding until I turned saw where she was looking and sure enough on the other side of the 16th street mall there's a guy passed out leaning you know sitting on the sidewalk leaning up against the building and he has a toilet seat that around his neck is so that is so tragic it just just is heartbreaking yeah but uh, what what you're what we're talking about is a society that's in decline and uh, <laughs> uh denver is a blue city um you know, crime is uh, certainly on the rise, and it's just it's just really tragic. But well, let, and if, if RTD comes back and says, well, you know, uh, you know, our, our revenues are off, uh, otherwise the trains would be cleaner and the stops would be in better repair. It's like, well, how long are we going to be in this free fare mode? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there's no revenue in that, right? So how are they making this up? Good point. Good point. Of course, they do also live off of uh, sales tax as well. So um, thank you to all of you who listen. I so appreciate each and every one of you. And today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment, and I do get to work with this great team. Producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, 
and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Uh, Be sure and check out America's Veteran Stories every Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. with uh, different encores, Sundays 10 to 11 p.m. and Saturdays 10 to 11 p.m. Great interview that we uh, broadcast yesterday with Dick Gibbs, 98 years old, uh, World War II uh, P-51 pilot, 43 combat missions. Uh, This stuff is just gold, Steve, just gold. So be sure and check that out. Yeah, it is. Uh, listening to a guy like him, uh, you know, when the conflict uh, over Europe, in the, in other words, the air war in Europe started, they hit it with whatever they had in hand. But as t- you know, the technology quickly changed, and I think that came came about in this interview that he, you know, they were welcoming all these advances in either the aircraft themselves or uh, weapons, you name it. But uh, what a time! Yep, what a time. So again, pure gold. Uh, let's get over here to the quote for the day. It's, a, it's long, but it's from, from Thomas Paine. And he was born in 1737. He died in 1809. And he was an English-born American political activist, philosopher, political theorist, and revolutionary. He authored Common Sense in 1776 and The American Crisis, uh, 1776 to 1783, two of the most influential pamphlets at the start of the American Revolution. And he helped inspire the patriots in 1776 to declare independence from Great Britain. His ideas reflected Enlightenment-era ideals of transnational human rights. Um, And this is what he said. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What, and I'm just going to say that's from Wikipedia, just so you know that um, that's where that came from. It says, the harder the conflict, the more clor- glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. I love the man that can smile in trouble, that can gather strength from distress and grow brave by reflection. Tis the business of little minds to shrink, but he whose heart is firm and whose conscience approves his conduct will pursue, pursue his principles unto death. It's pretty serious stuff, Steve. That's a deep one, and you really got to stop and reflect on every, every sentence there. I think I'll, I'll do this one more time. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. I love the man that can smile in trouble, that can gather strength from distress, and grow brave by reflection. Tis the business of little minds to shrink, but he whose heart is firm and whose conscience approves his conduct will pursue his principles unto death. Possibly our marching orders for today. Uh, Possibly. Not today, Monday, but our present time. Our present time. Definitely. Uh, let's see. The next thing, we've got Dr. Jack will be on here for three segments, uh, and it'll be good to talk with him. I, I had mentioned uh, Michael Bennett on Friday. And first of all, interestingly, I thought his name had two T's in it. It only has one. It's B-E-N-N-E-T. Um, but I th- I recalled that I thought he came to Colorado to work for Phil Anschutz. And that is the case. But you got this a little biography here. Uh, he um, was born in 1964. He's an American attorney, businessman, and politician. He's serving as the senior United States senator from Colorado. It's a seat he has held since 2009. He's a Democrat. He was appointed to that seat when Senator Ken Salazar became Secretary of the Interior. Bennett previously worked as a managing director for the Anschutz Investment Company. 
He was chief of staff to Denver Mayor John Hickenlooper and superintendent of Denver Public Schools. So I just think that's that's such an interesting connection between him and Anschutz uh, because Anschutz um, owns both of the, the gazettes, um, you know, the Denver Gazette and the, uh, what is it, the Colorado Springs Gazette. And, you know, those are and supposed to be right-leaning, but then there's this deep connection with the Democrat Party. I just find that uh, extremely interesting. And so I just wanted to make sure that that you guys had all connected that that dot because I think it's going to be kind of interesting as we watch this senatorial race here in Colorado. Don't forget what we found out last week about him, though. He likes to fish. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's why he got that one-day fishing license. Uh, Let's see here. There's a bunch of different headlines. Some of them I want to talk with Dr. Jack about. Um, Let's see. Which one was the one that I wanted to make sure that you were all aware of here? Oh, this I think is very important. It says, this is from the Colorado Sun. It says, Colorado sees a rise in business closures while new business creations go flat. And it says the lowest paid workers in Denver are getting a 9% raise on January 1. When it takes effect, the city's minimum wage of $17.29 will be one of the highest in the nation, higher than Los Angeles, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., New York City, and Chicago. If there's ever any question that we are trying to out California, California, you can just take a look at that. And no, Nobody said it was a competition, but apparently it is. It, it, apparently it, it is. And uh, it says, let's see here. Um, oh, I was going to highlight uh, one of the things here that uh, Jenna Griswold said regarding these uh, closures, but um, I can't find it right, right now exactly. But uh, anyway, uh, as we've seen this assault on small businesses throughout our country, uh, we really see it here in Colorado. And this forced minimum wage, basically it's a youth unemployment uh, wage is what it is because who can hire somebody at that particular uh, price point when they don't even have any very many skills? And so what what happens is, is you will see businesses will automate. Some businesses will choose to go to another state. Some businesses will go out of business. And your little business owners will actually end up doing more and more work themselves and have uh, longer and longer hours. And so, again, we are seeing these terrible public policies, you know, what they are doing to people's, people's hopes and dreams. And there is such dignity in work and putting in policies that make it difficult for people to work or incentivizing people not to work. Uh, nothing good can come of that. Uh, let's see. A couple of things I did want to mention. The show comes to you because I have a, a lot of great sponsors. And uh, one of our new sponsors is um, Christian Home Educators of Colorado. And if you have been concerned about the curriculum that's being taught in these government-run schools, or if you're concerned about CRT or iterations thereof or the sexual indoctrination of our kids in these uh, government-run schools, and you're concerned that they're not learning the basics, if your children are not learning reading, writing, arithmetic, science, history, civics, critical thinking, then you you should check out CHECK. And that's the Christian Home Educators of Colorado at C-H-E-C. And you can go to their website, chec.org, for more information. That is chec.org. And uh, get more information about that. 
because it is so important that our kids get these great classical liberal educations where they learn all these basics so that they can go out and go after their hopes and dreams instead of being indoctrinated on ideologies that are really antithetical to probably most families as well as the American idea. So let's go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. It'll be great to get an update on a number of things that's going on. He's also a sponsor of the show. You can find his uh, writings at um, Substack under Popular Rationalism. So be sure and check that out. We'll be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. In a healthcare setting, informed consent provides that you, the patient, will have a say in your healthcare plan. This collaboration between you and your healthcare provider applies to most medical procedures, including vaccination. Informed consent is a legal and ethical obligation of your healthcare provider and should include the benefits, risks, and alternatives regarding the proposed treatment. Informed consent is not just your signature, it could be your life. This message is sponsored by Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. I am thrilled to have on the line with me Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. He is uh, the founder for the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge. He has started a whole education uh, arm of that, and you can find that at ipak-edu.org, and you can find um, his most recent writings at Substack, Substack under Popular Rationalism. Dr. Jack, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. How was your weekend? It was good. It was good, although I, I have to say my, my soul is is troubled, I, I would say today, as we are looking at all of the, the headlines this this morning. And there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but uh, on one of our lead headlines was the CDC, this is from the Epic Times, admits it gave false information about COVID-19 vaccine surveillance. And Dr. Jack, you and I were texting back and forth. I uh, was on a road trip and have been listening to RFK Jr.'s book on Fauci, and um, these things really try my make make my soul uh, troubled, Doctor Jack. Um, what's your comments? Well, I feel a lot better about it, the fact that it's out there and people can read about it than having it happen and no one being aware of it. So, if I can give you a little boost in in uh, optimism, 
So, yeah, well, we knew that the CDC was was playing fast and loose with the numbers right from the beginning. I'd called them out on my podcast, Unbreaking Science. I called them out in in blog articles. And all of that effort, you know, proved that they had um, misconstrued, misrepresented data. Uh, They they reclassified COVID-19 and how to diagnose it without going through proper administrative channels. This all led ultimately to a grand jury investigation uh, through Oregon uh, with uh, Dr. Henry Ely at the helm of that initiative. I provided a lot of the science and the evidence and the you know knowledge and perspective that when you do PCR testing, you have to have a positive or a negative control in the sample per patient. And these guys were just setting it up so that they could dial up the numbers and dial down the numbers. And we know that that's the truth because they actually changed the cycle threshold for the um, vaccinated once they started getting COVID after after being vaccinated. So I'm not surprised um, at all to see it, 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 you know, them now coming out and admitting that they gave false information um, is uh, uh, probably under duress. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, 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 how, it seems like, you know, all the bad news that we see that's happening all over the place um, uh, there's just way too much of it that's given way too much attention in something like this where we have one of the major agencies of the United States that I've been critical of for years now saying it gave false information about COVID-19 vaccine surveillance. Um, they usually use this kind of in, uh, opportunity to make the case that they need more surveillance. You know, They'll spin this in the way that they want to. Well, and you mentioned PCR. After listening to, and I'm about halfway through the book, not quite. It's a long book and very well researched. And I think that you actually assisted in some of the chapters uh, regarding RFK Jr.'s book on Fauci as well. Correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. I, I was asked by him and his team to look through the book and check it over for scientific accuracy, and I did so. Okay, PCR. What does PCR stand for? Polymerase chain reaction. Um, we have uh, been using it for years in molecular biology. Any uh, molecular biologist who's worked in the lab will understand that the RT-PCR that CDC did uh, wasn't done correctly, isn't being done correctly. And remember that these tests are actually under emergency youth authorization. They're not FDA approved. I was in contact with Peter Marks at the FDA, and I told them, you have to require these companies to use controls or are you going to end up with massive false positives? And he said that he and his team would take that under advisement. So it's not as though they didn't know. Okay. And thank you for that. And then the other thing that um, I was listening in the book is pathological priming. And you've mentioned that before, but I thought, you know, I think I need to understand that just a little bit more. So what does that mean? Well, pathogenic priming is actually something that's very well established if you're infected with a virus one time, you can then develop antibodies that attack that viral protein, the viral proteins, but they also happen to attack your own proteins. This is how we get Guillain-Barre syndrome. Uh, there's strong evidence in the scientific literature that this is how we get uh, uh, multiple sclerosis. And so when the idea of taking a virus that's unknown to humans pretty much um, packaging up all of it or part of it and injecting it into every person 
simply means that we're going to find everybody who's susceptible to pathogenic priming, leading to autoimmunity, leading to chronic illness, which of course plays right into the allopathic medicine for-profit model because then you have sick people around with chronic illness. So, you know, I'm not the first person to point out that vaccines can cause autoimmunity. Guillain-Barre syndrome was actually put on the table of vaccine injury acknowledged by the USHHS as something that could be caused by flu vaccines, but it took over 40 years for them to admit it. So pathogenic priming was a, a way to recast our understanding of the risk of developing autoimmunity from being exposed to viral proteins when guys like Peter Hotez and Paul Offit and the CDC were calling it immune enhancement, uh, something that would just bury anyone's understanding of this term. Immune enhancement means you're getting plenty of vitamin C, vitamin D, sunshine, good times with friends, you know, so good social interactions. Um, they were actually using that to hide disease enhancement. Uh, disease enhancement is caused when you're infected uh, with a virus or ejected against a virus, and then you get a re-exposure to that virus or something similar to it, and it actually, um, the antibodies help the virus uh, enter your cells more easily, and this we know is happening uh, with SARS-CoV-2 ever since uh, gamma variant. Now, the vaccine wasn't on the planet uh, when gamma variant came around, just a variation that could allow uh, this disease enhancement. Uh, but uh, the vaccine came on with Delta, and uh, Dr. Jacques Fantini in France did the studies and showed, listen, this is what's happening. We can tell that this is what's happening. It explains the Delta spread. It ex it's going on with Omicron. It's, it's why people who are vaccinated have more a higher risk of everything with COVID now. It's called disease enhancement, and we told them that they have to continue to do animal studies on all the variants. They've, there's never been an animal study to study the risk of disease enhancement in uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, vaccination programs with any variant other than alpha variant. And so we really, you know, we need to hold CDC to the proper standard. Pathogenic priming has actually now taken on a new fire in the scientific literature. There, it was because my, my predictions of pathogenic priming and COVID-19, which I published in April uh, of 2020, peer-reviewed, not one of these preprints that are not peer-reviewed. Uh, I specifically pointed to the specific proteins, the specific parts of the proteins, and the specific tissues in our bodies that would be made uh, targets by vaccination with these proteins. Uh, and Harvard University validated my results. A great team there took, it, took my predictions to the lab, extended my results, validated it. So pathogenic priming is now part of the scientific and biomedical understanding of what can happen when you expose people to viral or, or bacterial proteins. Okay. Thank you for that. I'm not sure I totally understand that yet, Dr. Jack, but I will be thinking about that. Let's go over here to um, popular rationalism at Substack. Uh, you are writing on a very regular basis, and the first thing I wanted to ask you about was your a piece that was published on August 11th that said CDC citing natural immunity calls COVID-19 over, proving political motivation in their response. Uh, so what's your thoughts on that? Well, the reason why I wrote this is because uh, it, it only took them two days once Trump was no longer politically viable, because once you're raided by the F FBI, you're probably not going to be a viable political candidate. There might be people that disagree with me on that, ana that analysis, but... 
um, they, their analysis or their estimation was that, okay, the FBI has raided his home. Now he's done. So now we can, you know, put the brakes on COVID. The timing is impeccable. They absolutely don't have any concept of strategic thinking when it comes to, you know, releasing, um, you know, changing policies uh, once once it no longer suits their, you know, their aims, then they ha- have done it. And, you know, I, I became really well known around the country because of a stump speech that I gave in um, Pennsylvania, in Harrisburg, where I was invited to support a bill, but I'm a not, I run a not-for-profit, so I stated I can't support a bill, and I and I did and I decried and 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 castigated. That is, I I I was very upset that people on either side of the political aisle would change their interpretation of science because it didn't fit their politics. And that 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 was with uh, Senator uh, Doug Mastriani in Pennsylvania and a bunch group of other senators. They're Republicans. They invited me there. Funny thing was that that particular um, video lay dormant for about three months, and then someone shared it just the right place, and it went viral. There's the, the government should be protecting our interests, not promoting the interests of corporations, especially pharmaceutical corporations, at the expense of our safety. And so for, for them to politicize COVID the way that they did, the way that they made it where anything that Trump had to say, they had to disagree with it, hydroxychloroquine, anything whatsoever, masking, they had to make it a political. So CDC owns that. The CDC became a political, a political arm of the DNC, or at least perhaps it always was, and we just saw it better now. But they really should have just stayed out of, you know, um, anything about about Trump. And you remember, of course, with Fauci and Trump, there was this time when Fauci was saying things like, I can't jump ahead of him and knock him away from the microphone. That's a physical threat against a sitting U.S. president. And yet he was never called to task for how dare you even think for a moment that you have the right to silence a U.S. president, regardless of who they are, what they're saying. And it turned out that, you know, Fauci was wrong. There's not a thing that Fauci has said. I've been searching, Trump, um, uh, Kim, for anything that Fauci has said that's been that's proven to be correct about COVID-19, about masks, about vaccination, about, you know, distancing, about school closures, about lockdowns. I can't find a single thing where he's taken a position where he's been correct. In fact, he just makes up facts out of thin air. When it came to masking, uh, the CDC had on their website when COVID hit uh, that for an N95 effect, you have to have 20 layers of cloth wrapped around your head to, to if you're going to use a cloth mask. And and then they, they changed that to 16. And then four days later, Trump changed it to a single layer of cloth with no science backing whatsoever. So, you know, when they when they when they call COVID over, they're doing it because, you know what, it's not really serving that particular purpose anymore. Well, what purpose is it to is it to shut down COVID or maybe they need more cases so that they can rally again for more vaccines? You know, they, they change their position based on what they need rather than based on reality or what they perceive they need. And um, CDC is, uh, you know, as we know, captured by pharma. They receive money from pharma through the CDC foundation. It's a not-for-profit owned by our government. I don't know how that works. But, um, but yeah, they, they just said, hey, the majority of Americans now have some amount of immunity. Well, that's been true for a year. 
the majority of Americans, it's 51 percent. Most Americans either exposed to COVID or had some antibodies, and so they say some amount of immunity. I don't even know what that means scientifically, but they said, hey, you know, you don't have to screen, you don't have to quarantine if you've been exposed, if you're an adult, if you're a kid. Um, go ahead and go to school if you've been vaccinated, if you've been exposed, but, you know, test five days later. But if you're unvaccinated, then you have to stay home. So it's another form of bigotry. Wow. Um, it's uh, rather remarkable. So let's go to break. I'm talking with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, and you can find him at Popular Rationalism uh, at Substack, uh, many of his writings. He's the founder for the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge and uh, also doing a complete education arm of that now. It's at ipak Dash edu, um, edu.org. Uh, but before we do that, though, another sponsor of the show is Hooters Restaurants, and uh, they have five locations. That's uh, Lone Tree, Westminster, Aurora, Colorado Springs, and Loveland. And uh, they are holding the line right now on $11 hamburger specials Monday through Friday, and so have all kinds of great, tasty hamburgers. They have become a sponsor of the show because uh, it's really a story about freedom and capitalism and free markets, and that story is on my website. You can check that out at KimMunson.com. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. With the right training from Franktown Firearms, anyone can improve. The professionals at Franktown meet you at your current level of experience, gauging your level of confidence so that they know what kind of training to recommend to you. After you purchase your firearm, regardless of the level you're at, Franktown will encourage you to train. They maintain a comfortable atmosphere, encouraging improvement from any level with one-on-one training and private training, up to advanced training and classes. They even offer a concealed carry certification class. Franktown actively avoids the corporate model as a family-owned, operated, and family-friendly environment. They give everyone the time of day, meaning that they emphasize the importance of training in a comfortable and inclusive environment. Franktown Firearms wants you to be as invested in improving your skills as they are in their training with you. Sign up for a course today at klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. 
And we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. On the line with me is Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, and uh, just uh, just a wealth of knowledge. You can find him at Popular Rationalism at Substack. Uh, he is the founder of the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge and uh, has started this great education arm of that. Uh, Dr. Jack, I've talked to a number of listeners that are like, I, I want to take some of those courses um, and I want to as well. I just haven't gotten around to signing up for those. But my gosh, what you're doing there at IPAC, IPAK-EDU.org uh, is pretty amazing. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So I, IPAC-EDU is, is an LLC corporation. So I'm technically a small businessman now. I want to make that. I want to change that. I want everybody to sign up for classes so we can drop the small from that. Because my goal is to educate and empower the public through objective knowledge. You know, the, the science that we're being told uh, about by these regulatory agencies, it does not qualify as science. It's not even close. And so how do we stay informed? How do we inform our friends, families, and, you know, family members and neighbors uh, if we really don't have the technical background to keep up with the baloney that is being shouted at us through mainstream media all the time. So the, the media no longer is allowed to be critical of CDC or ask tough questions. You know, there's a rare politician that will stand up to Fauci and his baloney. But, you know, when in creating this, we've actually created a vibrant community because our classes are live. That's one of the things I tell all the instructors. Although we do videotape, or sorry, record the uh, the lectures, each one of the lectures is recorded so students can access it afterwards or if you miss a live class. I really insisted that we bring a, a change to online education. In the past, this would be called adult education. I call this higher education because we're teaching college-level courses for people who maybe always wanted to go to college but never, never had the opportunity for some reason. Or maybe they went to college and they had a different major than biology or psychology. Or And so, you know, we... we our instructor base keeps growing. Uh, the courses that we have are just amazing. Dr. Mark McDonald, who is, is part of the trio who brought forward and popularized the idea of mass delusional psychosis taking over the world over COVID, uh, is actually teaching a 15 lecture live course, How Not to Be Fooled. So how to stay on top of you know propaganda and know when you're being gaslit and all the rest. Well, he's a psychiatrist. so. He's um, got a, a bully pulpit for 15 weeks, and you'll be able to meet other people who are like-minded and share your thoughts as well during the open discussion period. Ask Dr. McDonald any question, and all the courses are like that as well. Uh, IPAC EDU, of course, is an educational uh, online university, but IPAC itself, we conduct research in the public interest without any profit motive. In fact, we just secured a commitment from Dr. Dr. Russell Blaylock to join me in phase two of the IPAC Vaxxed versus Unvaxxed study, which is really exciting. And I'm really excited to tell you about this because we had published our Vaxxed versus Unvaxxed study um, two years ago. Five days after we published that study, a medical board in Oregon suspended Dr. Paul Thomas's license and retribution for publishing that study. And he had to fight to get his license back temporarily. And part of the condition 
that he agreed to was to not conduct any more studies. Well, it's clinical data, it's human subjects data. I want to be sure that I have a physician overlooking what I'm doing. I'm not collecting new data on patients. We already have the database. Uh, but we have to republish and answer some of the criticisms of the first uh, study. And so the fact that Dr. Russell Blaylock, uh, if you don't know about him, he's, he's one of my main heroes in health freedom and autism and understanding risks of vaccines. He's agreed to, to be the MD on the, on the project. So we're fundraising for that right now. We need some support. And so if you want to help out that way, you can go to ipaknowledge.org, look up how to donate and kick in a small monthly donation. That's the best way to support what we're doing there, ipaknowledge.org. I've been analyzing the data, uh, but the costs associated with running, you know, the, uh, the actual science, uh, nothing's free in this world, right? So um, it's all publicly supported. I don't take any money for, for IPAC to do research from the government or pharmaceutical corporations, of course. So I would never take any of that blood money. So it's all up to you guys. It's up to the public to help us continue to be able to do objective research in the public interest. Uh, and, you know, we don't make a lot of money doing it. So ipaknowledge.org, drop by there and see if you can kick it some uh, pitch in and uh, we'll love you for it. Okay. Um, you are de- doing such Im- important work. Um, and again, <clears throat> going back to ipac-edu.org, uh, um, the next round of courses will start in September. Is that correct? Yep. We have the traditional you know, winter, uh, fall, uh, summer semester. And uh, if you go to ipa-edu.org and you under, go under registration, you'll see all the courses that we have offered. Um, if you're going to go into things, if you want to take immunology with me in the spring, you should probably enroll in the bio, introductory biology course. Um, I'm teaching environmental toxicology because I'm tired of hearing of global warming or climate change instead of all the corporate toxins that are really the primary concern over what we're doing to our environment. Um, this is my, my second time teaching environmental toxicology, and I have 18 lectures for that. So um, I'm going into the details of what the toxins are in our life, how they act, how they make us sick, how they make animals and plants and fungi and the rest of the ecosystem sick, uh, and what we can do about it. And, you know, the feedback that I, I have on my environmental toxicology course from the students has just been great. Uh, if you're into data analysis and you want to get under the hood of some of these vaccine studies, you can take the math of vaccine science with myself and a tenured um, epidemiologist who's actually coming out of academia to join me and to empower the public. And so, yeah, just look look over the courses, and I'm sure you can find something that you love. And if it's not for you but it's for a loved one, we do have gift cards that you can sign up for. Again, just to be clear, perfectly clear, this is IPAC-EDU, the for-profit online education um, company, but uh, you know we're as real as it gets. So, we over half of our courses are health-based, uh, and we have a, a massive course called the Vaccine Course. It's very popular, uh, taught by Andre Angelantoni, and you'll learn all the details of uh, uh, the, the, the truth on, on vaccine injury. Uh, compensation, the, why vaccines are supposed to be helpful, but they're not, uh, role of mercury, aluminum, allergy, autoimmunity, autism, and so on. There's a huge, huge demand for understanding um, everything technological about this new public health approach towards medicine. 
And so we're teaching the public so they have a, a leg to stand on in the public square and fight for what's right. And, you know, people kind of have a duty to educate themselves um, because I can't be everywhere. Two years ago, I found myself flying all over the country trying to educate and inform health committees and senators and congressmen, you know, um, going from capital to capital, talking to the public. And um, I decided it's far better just to create thousands of people that know what I know. Well, and, and so all, what, all of what we teach is objective. It's not it's, it's unbiased. Well, and it's affordable, too. Um, the prices for the classes are $160, $180, depending on the class. I mean, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, I wanted to be sure that we use that, you know, the bimodal pricing model for online education. You can charge thousands and get a, a few. And from my end, for my interest, um, I'd rather deal, deal with thousands of people and charge a little. So I, that, that's in this way, we're doing a public good, uh, and you know, even though it's for profit, so it, it matches with my kind of philosophy that I want to leave this world in a better way than I found it. The, the, the people that are in charge of our government right now, uh, and I don't mean Democrats, I mean the corporations, the pharmaceutical corporations, are making that increasingly difficult for me. Um, but uh, it's people like you, Kim, that. Uh, you know, every day that you're out there telling people about the importance of keeping the American work work ethic, um, keeping uh, our sanity uh, of knowing who we are, uh, that, that are also helping. So, I'm, I'm, like I said, we're developing a community of students, and the students range from people with a high school diploma to PhDs that came back to try to learn biology. So, I have PhDs in engineering. That, you know, taking genetics and taking—I mean, we're 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 doing it all. Go look at all the courses and imagine what's going to be coming on top of these courses because we have twice as many courses that are as that are listed, and uh, you, you're going to learn more than you could possibly expect that you could possibly that, that you think you could learn. Well, and it is so important to continue to educate ourselves. And, and people have been hungry for uh, unbiased, a place that they can trust. And uh, so this is very exciting. That's IPAC, IPAK-EDU.org for all those course listings. Um, let's go to break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. But before we do that, an, a nonprofit that I have adopted is the USMC Memorial Foundation. And they are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at uh, 6th and Colfax and uh, to honor those that have given their lives for our freedom or have been willing to give their lives for our freedom. And uh, so be sure and help them out. You can go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. We'll be right back with Dr. James Lineswiler. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. 
All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. I'm talking with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, and uh, you can find him at Substack uh, with po- and under Popular Rationalism. We were talking about this whole education uh, system he's putting in place at IPAC, and that's IPAK-EDU.org. And uh, Dr. Jack, I wanted to ask you about your most recent post at Substack, and that is that public health is destroying big health system medicine. I found that absolutely fascinating. Tell us about that. Right. So if you look under the hood of how big health medicine systems are funded, uh, it's a plate of spaghetti. You you know, you try to follow the money. You can't possibly follow the money. This is why patients, when they have a, a, a large bill, it turns into some kind of a negotiation about how much the patient can pay, how much their insurance will pay, how much, you know. And so big medicine has been going to the government for handouts and bailouts for decades. In fact, Dr. Russell Blaylock, the doctor who I mentioned earlier, who's joining me uh, on the Vax versus Unvax study, predicted 20 years ago that uh, the aluminum that's present in vaccines would likely cause uh, an increase in uh, schizophrenia and psychosis and neurological effects in our children. Uh, unfortunately, you know that that's proven. He's been proven correct um, with all the depression, anxiety, suicide, and so on. Um, but he also pointed out at the time that right now, big medicine at that time, 10 years ago, sorry, 20 years ago, big medicine was already taking one out of every $5 out of our economy. And he projected the big medicine health system growth um, to in 2020, they'd be taking two out of every $5 and uh, a huge part of, I believe, what's happened here is uh, that the public health, when they went in and they, they froze public, they, the public health froze big medicine and all medicine for three months and starved them of revenue. They made them dependent on, proto- on CDC protocols for money. And that's a, that's a takeover. It was a takeover, and now the protocolists are the only ones that remain. I mean, we've seen hundreds of thousands of people resign from from uh, medicine, doctors and nurses. And so um, what prompted this was, you know, I have a subscription to a Becker Hospital Review, keep an eye on the industry, and uh, one medical system, Boston-based Mass General Brigham, reported a, third, a, a breathtaking third quarter loss. Now, many people don't know that in the 1980s, 
a for-profit medical system was thought to be highly unethical. Uh, around 1983-84, things changed. They shifted it over to for-profit. You could turn a profit. And now you see the South system recording operating revenues of something like $4.26 billion in the third quarter of this year. And because they have more expenses than they say that they have to post a massive loss of something like a million dollars, uh, uh, sorry, a hundred million dollars loss. And <clears throat> there's uh, the non-operating loss of $828 million. So uh, I was off a little bit by, the, by, by that, but almost a billion dollar loss from one healthcare center. Well, they're just returning to the pre-COVID earnings. That's what's happening. And they, they tried to blame it on well, people are staying in the hospital longer. Well, why would people stay in the hospital longer? The vaccinated people are getting sicker from all sorts of autoimmune conditions and chronic illness, as I unfortunately predicted in April of 2020. Is that explain why people, when they get sick for the same things? I just learned that there's a record-breaking number of cases of gout in the U.K., uh, 30% more people are dying at home, um, right, if they have gout. And, and so what, ex what exactly is happening other than we did this mass vaccination program, we experienced, unfortunately, population-wide pathogenic priming, um, and uh, we don't know how to take care of ourselves because we're all, we, we all think we're dependent on these big medical systems. So to see nearly a billion dollars posted loss relative to last year, uh, you know, I almost want to feel bad for the people trying to run these systems, but I can't because they've made their bet. They have built a beast, a huge industry, and as you know, in capitalism, growth is required to maintain a healthy business. And so, you know, in, 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 unless you allow rampant inflation, you're actually doomed to grow as as a company. Otherwise, you can't keep up with the increasing financial demands of just the people that are working for you. And you're in competition with others for pricing and so on. Well, this really strange article from Becker has them pleading for mercy to the government to set up so they can go to the government for a billion-dollar bailout, really. And that's our tax money to go for a health system that leads to the third leading cause of death, which, you know, before COVID, the third leading cause of death were medical errors. Why the heck are we investing in the third leading cause of death to the extent that we are? And well, the, the take home message is that public health now runs me big medicine mm -hmm. in public health <clears throat> officials are not medical doctors they don't see medical they're not practicing licensed medical doctors they're epidemiologists and they think about population and they think about you and i like just another you know right cattle right okay and uh, we have just about five minutes left and i wanted to ask you about the inflation reduction act also known as the income reduction act or the new new green deal or variety of things but what one of the things that i've that we are hearing is that there's something regarding pharmaceuticals in there and that uh, it can uh, that it could uh, you know price controls on pharmaceuticals and uh, that could be a bad thing for pharmacy companies and and i'm like big pharma is so influential 
that they wouldn't let something in that bill that was detrimental to them. That's just my thoughts on that. What do you think? Well, you know, when you have the, the cozy partnership between FDA uh, and pharmaceutical companies, when you have the cozy partnership between CDC and, and these companies, then really what's happening here is uh, a change in the who does the negotiation. They want the government to negotiate prices for Medicare drugs. Um, you know, and well, that sounds helpful to the people. Hey, we're going to negotiate prices. Are you going to trust the government to negotiate the price of your car? I don't think so. Um, the seniors' out-of-pocket costs of two thousand dollars a year. Well, you know, for some seniors, that's you know, still food versus drugs. We should never be in a situation where seniors have to choose for food versus drugs. The cost of just having the drugs that your doctor tells you that you need that gives you side effects that the doctor then tells you you need these other drugs. Um, that that practice, the entire practice needs to stop. Um, there's supposed to be some controls on price increasing faster than inflation. Well, I'll tell you what, faster than inflation is a percentage. So if inflation goes up 0.1% and then you increase the pricey drug by 0.1%, that actually might be more than the price increase that was already ongoing, right? And, and they're trying to cap it that way. The drugs are so expensive in the United States because we're bearing, we're told, the cost of drug development, but these drugs are made much cheaper overseas. Uh, so we're subsidizing global access to these pharmaceuticals. I'm not sure we're doing anybody a favor. Um, they, they want to uh, expand eligibility for prescription drug benefits in the Part D low-income subsidy. Is a prescription drug a benefit? I'm not sure. So you really have to wonder, is this, this not just, you know, more government window shopping for pharmaceuticals? And I, I've said this before. I want people to keep an eye on psychotropic drugs. The minute that any state passes a bill that so many kids have anxiety going to school, so many kids have, you know, depression, so many kids can't focus due to ADHD, that, that you know what, we're going to dispense with diagnosis. We're just going to mandate drugs for school. That sounds incredible, but I see that happening in the future. Wow. And, um, you know, number one here, make vaccines free with no out-of-pocket costs. If all vaccines are free, then the government is forcing you to take a product that you paid for with your tax money that you don't want. Wow. So... That's incredible. Yeah. Dr. Jack, <clears throat> we have one minute left, and uh, you started uh, this off with optimism, so uh, let's end with optimism. What's, what's your okay. thoughts to our listeners? Well, yeah, thank you for that, Kim. Um, personal responsibility is at the core of the American ethic, um, and, and uh, you know, it's normal. If people are looking for, quote, the new normal, it's normal just to continue what you've always known. Uh, go watch the Truman Show, right? And get remember, get reminded that it's through your perseverance and continuing to ask questions and looking through the smoke and fog and seeing the truth for what it is, in spite of the mis, you know, the, the confusing messaging. You have a right and a responsibility to continue to be who you are, uh, because you've got where you are in your own life on the basis of what I consider to be an internal moral compass. 
And yes, we're influenced socially by a huge number of factors in our lives, our parents, how we were schooled, our church, uh, you know, pastors and so on. But at the end of the day, it's you making decisions. Dr. Jack and Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next month. And our quote for the end of the show is from Thomas Paine. He says, I have always strenuously supported the right of every man to his own opinion, however different that opinion might be to mine. He who denies to another this right makes a slave of himself to his present opinion because he precludes himself the right of changing it. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show. Analyzing the most important story. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom? Or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment, and thank you to this uh, great team I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Monday, producer Steve. In the words of Billy Crystal, if he were here, it's a marvelous Monday. It is a marvelous Monday, and it's also marvelous because in our second hour, my friend Ted Misha is in studio. It's great to have you. It is such a pleasure to be here. I've been wanting to be here for a long time. It's, uh, it's, uh, and we're going to be talking about a very serious subject. Yeah. And uh, I think I mentioned to Dr. Jack in the first hour that my soul has been restless. And this subject also makes my soul restless. And we're going to talk about how to survive I, I couldn't even say the words when I was was writing the copy for this week. Uh, I said upheaval, but the Great Depression. That's I mean, right. there, these public policies are 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 barreling us towards very difficult times, Ted. They are, and you know, it's it's all about surviving. And right now, our society, our people, are very tech savvy, but survival ignorant unlike the people in the Great Depression back in the 1920s and 30s. Okay, so we will talk about that. And uh, Matt Dark with Roots Medical will be with with us in just a moment. So first thing, I'm going to go to our quote for today. And uh, this is from Thomas Paine. He was born in 1737. He died in 1809. He was an English-born American political activist, philosopher, political theorist, and revolutionary. He authored Common Sense in 1776 and the American Crisis, 1776 to 1783. And he was one of the most influential in um, convincing people that we needed to uh, gain our independence from 
uh, British uh, King George. So this is what um, Thomas Paine said. He said, the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. I love the man that can smile in trouble, that can gather strength from distress, and grow brave by reflection. Tis the business of little minds to shrink, but he whose heart is firm and whose conscience approves his conduct will pursue his principles unto death. And I chose that just because we're going to have such a, a serious subject that we're talking about, Ted. Yeah, absolutely. So great quote there. Uh, before we get over here to Matt Dark, Steve, you saw a meme that uh, we thought would be good to share with everybody. You know, memes come in all shapes and sizes, and some of them are, are really good. People put a lot of thought, thought into them or their skills in, you know, uh, Photoshopping and whatnot. But this one grabbed my attention. So the FBI raids Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago, but we still haven't seen Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. Hillary's emails or Hunter's laptop. Yes, and um, we are in just remarkable times. I can't believe that the justice system in America is supposed to be impartial and search for truth, and that does not seem to be the case, Ted. It's been a long time since that was the case, right? It's all political now. It is all political. And um, to that, uh, actually we'll talk about... Uh, this headline, I think, when we, we talk with you regarding surviving the Great Depression. Uh, but uh, Matt Dark is on the line, and Matt is with Roots Medical, great sponsor of the show. Happy Monday to you, Matt Dark. Happy more, uh, happy Monday morning, Kim Monson show. So great to be with you. It's celebratory. We have CDC restrictions uh, being lifted and, and, a, and, a, and empowering citizens that have withheld all across the country, they've withheld the shot, they've withheld the isolation, they took their lives back. Those freedoms are out, and so people are, should be celebrating. And then at, with, with Roots Medical, Kim, we have some wonderful news. We have hired a pediatrician that'll be joining our office. Now, this is a patient, child patient advocate, patient first, working in a children's hospital setting for 20 years, is gonna come over to our practice. And children, I can tell you right now, in the Denver metro area, they have a voice. And they have a place where they can get you. If you are nervous about taking your doctor, your child to a doctor that has not listened to you as far as your hesitation, your fear, your desires to, to not vaccinate your child, we are so proud, so thankful we can introduce. This is Tiffany Bartlett. She'll be joining us in about a month. And um, holy cow, is it just a, a breath of fresh air to now be able to affect from seniors at 90 years old all the way down to six-month-old we can care for within the practice. And uh, it's just another blessing from God. This stuff is just continuing to fall into our lap, and we are so grateful and want to seize that opportunity to serve the public. Well, that's awesome. And just clarification, um, actually newborns as well, or are you uh, six months old? I, did you say six months? Because that's yeah. what uh, uh, they were saying regarding they, they could vaccinate children. Uh, so newborns, yes? yes. Well, I mean, it'll probably be it'll probably be exactly like this. Um, patient or mother will go have her child, and then we'll go seek that primary care for that infant, that child. So I anticipate, yes, it starts as early as newborn, um, and and depending on where that person's at as far as uh, transitioning their care, if they've not, it wouldn't be really age dependent as far as bringing that care. The six month old is is an age that they seem to pick on as far as thinking that they were vulnerable and needed this medication. Got it, got so it, we're got thankful it. it stops right there. But hey, if it's five month old that needs to establish that, you know, uh, new care, absolutely. It's going to be all ages up until 18, of course. 
That is so exciting, what you're doing at Roots Medical and also with Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. Um, just really exciting, and uh, the practice is growing. And uh, uh, just a comment, we had Dr. James Lyons-Weiler on in the first hour, and we talked a little bit about the CDC um, you know, getting rid of all these restrictions and all. And, and he said he really thought that it was political. And um, I've been listening to the book Fauci by RFK Jr., and so what you're doing at Roots Medical and Medical Freedom, Matt, is so important for the people of Colorado. And I highly recommend that people reach out to Roots Medical because uh, you really are, instead of putting Band-Aids on people's health, you're looking at the root, uh, the root of their health care and their well-being. And I just love that, Matt Dark. And, and Kim, you can say this fancy. We can put getting to the root of your health care concern. We can do all that fancy stuff. Really what it is, it's, it's called listening to the patient because it's a case-by-case situation. No matter who comes in the door, our providers have been treating like that since they got out of medical school and have begun their private practice. But going to the CDC real quick, our providers, our philosophy, our whole passion has been, uh, if there's a better alternative, if there's a risk to be out there, let the patient know, let the person know that the alternative, the masking has a problem. The vaccine has been a problem, and the lack of early treatment has been a problem. The CDC is now basically saying that those forget all that. They still owe everybody an apology, mind you. Everybody gets an apology. But this is the message I want to leave your listeners with, Kim, before we get out of here, is remember this moment in time. Remember viral evolution. Viruses go, they get more aggressive, excuse me, they get more contagious, less aggressive. More contagious, less aggressive. So as this thing continues to evolve, there's no way folks we're going back to this stuff where you get four vaccines. The Pfizer CEO just this morning, four doses. He's on Paxlovid. He's COVID positive. Folks, remember this moment in time when they say put on a mask, when they say take a vaccine, when they say isolate, you say no. And you say, and they say, why? Well, the CDC said it's okay to say no. And that's what you have to be empowered about right now and never let this happen again. Uh, the monkeypox thing we know about, it did not get off the ground like they hoped and thought. It's dead. It's over. Folks, continue Continue your fight to push back. Seek care that will help just you, not help the global good of vaccinating the world. But if it's important to you, call a provider, find a provider, either at rootsmedical.net or Colorado Healthcare Providers for freedom.com. We're just a thank, we're waking up in a thankful, grateful mood this morning, Kim, and we're so lucky to be a part of your program. Oh, gosh. Thank you for that optimism, Matt Dark. And it's so great to have you as a, a partner as well. So we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Keep up the great work. And thank you for this optimism. Sounds good. God bless everybody. Take care. Okay. Matt Dark, he's on fire, Ted. Yes. And uh, in studio with me is Ted Misha. And we're going to talk about a very serious subject uh, because it, it, these public policies are, are pushing us towards um, a very bad thing from an economic standpoint. And Ted Misha says, uh, how to survive the Great Depression. So we're going to talk about that. And we'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or 
selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson, dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. In studio with me is my friend Ted Misha. And... Um, you had you you listen to the show regularly. I do, and uh, you had texted me and said we need to do a show about surviving the Great Depression. We do. And during the break, I, I said I I have a knot in my stomach to acknowledge that that is where we're headed because it's so hurtful to the American people, but the policies that are being put in place, and it's really been a, I think a long journey this assault on on America. But it really seemed to ramp up in the late 80s, early 90s from a public policy standpoint. And it was done under the guise of climate change and global warming. And and um, and one of the things that has been just a, a bedrock, a foundation of human flourishing, particularly here in America, has been hydrocarbons. Uh, affordable, abundant, efficient, and reliable energy has, has been something that we are taking it for granted. But under the Green New Deal, all these policies, they've couched it. There's this, this assault on hydrocarbons. And we just saw it again. This is from the Associated Press. It says a federal judge on Friday reinstated a moratorium on coal leasing from federal lands that was imposed under former President Barack Obama and then scuttled under former President Donald Trump. And it says almost half the nation's annual coal production, some 260 million tons last year, is mined by private companies from leases on federal land, primarily in western states such as Wyoming, Montana, and Colorado. This assault on fossil fuels uh, is, uh, will be a contributor, is a contributor to, the, we're barreling towards a, a depression unless we can get this thing turned around. But people do need to be prepared. I'm having a hard time saying it, but you said we first of all have to acknowledge it. Correct, Ted? Absolutely. And, and if you look at all the different things that are going on in politics today, all the different issues, it's all about the government saying that they want to protect us from something, but we have to give up our freedoms in order to have that protection. And so that goes with the global climate change, that goes with what we see in education, that goes with just about everything, borders, all of it. Well, and I find it remarkable that our southern border is basically just open, but yet under the income or excuse me, the Inflation Reduction Act, actually the Income Reduction Act, that uh, there's 87,000 new IRS agents. So there will be this harassment of everyday Americans once again, and one has to ask why. Yeah, you, you know they have a reason for it. They're just not going to tell us what those reasons are. But when we're talking about arming people or having SWAT teams for the post office and things of that nature, you know it can't be good. SWAT teams at the post office? And that's what I heard. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the other thing is, is then uh, also through policy trying to disarm 
law-abiding citizens, but yet ramping up firearms for the IRS or the bad guys, but trying to um, assault our Second Amendment rights. So this Constitution of ours is a beautiful thing, and that is really what's under assault, the American idea, the Constitution, Western culture, correct? Founding principles, founding documents, absolutely. And so... Okay, let's go through this here. Let me find my notes. Uh, If we head into, (laughs) I still want to say if, a Great Depression, what should people know? What should people do? Okay, so there's the four basics. uh, And most people say there's three basics. I added a fourth one. And that's shelter, water, and food. You have to have those things to survive no matter what. So we're talking about worst-case scenarios here. We've talked in the past in this show about um, about there being food shortages or, or even a famine in this country. Uh, and that, it doesn't seem possible, but with the policies that they're putting in place, it could happen. Well, we've already seen the famine in, in, the, in the baby formula, right? Right. We've seen okay. that. We're, we're, there were actually babies out there who weren't getting it. And if it happens in one industry, it can certainly happen in many. And with your shows in the past, you're talking about a 30% reduction in the farmland in, in America. That's and that's an executive order that Biden signed. That's right, last year. Mm-hmm. And certainly that would that would produce famine if, if he actually goes through with that by, by 2030, I think mm-hmm. it, was, it was said. And that it's happening worldwide. Other countries are doing exactly the same thing. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, if, if, the, that, if the plan follow, is followed through in, that will happen. There will be famine in this country. And not just famine, we see all these other things happening all around us at the same time. So, yes, shelter, water, food. Are the, are the three top ones that everybody talks about. And the fourth one I add is community. You have to have community working together. If you're off in a, a bunker somewhere living by yourself, that's going to work just fine until somebody finds your bunker. And then they say, yeah, you know, that's a vault with a lot of resources in it. We need to go after that. So you need to have community to help protect you and to help to uh, rebuild what's going on around you and to come up with the ideas necessary to survive. Okay, so let's talk about the basic shelter. Um, Shelter is probably something that we're going to have the least issue with because there's so many houses and buildings and even cars that we can live in. So it's not too big of a deal as far as that goes. It it has to do with your your body temperature, especially in the wintertime, making sure you stay warm. Uh, It has to do with food storage and keeping that food safe and, and then protection for yourself. So that's something we don't have to worry too much about. Water is going to be probably the hardest thing if we lose our electricity. If at some point we lose electricity, and it can happen, electri- losing electricity can happen a num- number of different ways. Obviously, if we have uh, economic collapse, that can happen. Uh, EMP, you talked about electromagnetic mm-hmm. pulse, that can happen either through man-made electromagnetic pulse or from the sun. It happened in Quebec for like a month or so, where everything was shut down for a month electronically. Uh, if you if you don't have electricity, you don't have water. You know, you can say, okay, well, we'll go to the river and get some. But, you know, in Colorado, there are very few rivers and there are millions of people going after that same water. Almost all the water comes is pumped out of the ground through electricity. So if we don't have electricity, you don't have water. And here in Colorado, we are a semi-arid environment, which is almost desert. And so if you're going to get water, uh, it's going to have to come th- from rain, rainfall. And that means you have to store it because it doesn't rain very often here or not very much. And that means you have to have containers to collect it, either barrels or buckets, and you have to cover those. Otherwise, it's stagnant water and you get mosquitoes and other bugs living in it, so you're going to have to cover it. So you can collect water coming off your rooftop 
uh, provided that the <laughs> provided that the government has collapsed, because right now it's illegal to collect any water on your own property in Colorado. So other states aren't necessarily that way, but here in Colorado you can't collect water. Okay, and I was going to ask you about that because why what was the what was the reasoning that was given for that piece of legislation well my understanding is that they believe that the water from your property is going to go downstream and it's going to go to other states and those other states own the water that's coming from your property interesting okay yeah so it's part of that we had uh, Greg Walter on so it's, it's probably somewhat of that that um, water compact uh, with uh, all the Western states. There are then, so huh? many laws, and I, I'm not going to even begin to understand all of that, but okay. it's crazy. So water, obviously, if you get it off your roof, it's going to be relatively clean, but that doesn't mean that the birds aren't up there doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And so you need to boil the water wherever you get it. You need to boil it, and boil it doesn't take any chemicals out. It only it only kills it, the bacteria that are in it. So you can also add iodine to it, which is nasty tasting, but uh, you can do that to, to purify it. Uh, or chlorine bleach, one drop per gallon is enough to clean to clean uh, water uh, as far as viruses and stuff. Again, no, none of those things take out the chemicals, but they'll kill the bacteria and viruses. The only way to make sure it's 100% clean is to distill it, and uh, that's, that takes some work. So bas basically, you're, you're boiling water, and the evaporated water collects on a plastic sheet of some sort. There's different ways to do it. And then that, that evaporated water condenses and then rolls down into a container for you. So a lot of work to do that. So hopefully we don't lose our water supply. But if we do, that's going to be the number one thing that we have to worry about. Okay. So then food. Um, think in terms of calories. You want to uh, have energy. That's what food does for you. And so the more calories, the better. Uh, it's not necessarily going to be nutritious for you, but more calories is better. And um, there's a lot of different ways to get that food. Uh, and also, you, with regards to uh, um, uh, nutrition, you want to think in terms of vitamins. So you want to stockpile some multivitamins. I would get at least a year or maybe two years worth of, of uh, multivitamins. And then creating your own food. You can do that through gardening. You can do it through trading uh, for food with other things, with other people. That's another reason you need community. Uh, raising chickens and rabbits, that's what my mom did when she was uh, growing up as a girl in Nazi Germany. And um, bugs, you can eat bugs. Most people don't want to do that, but there are certain bugs you can certainly eat. Earthworms, and you can eat grasshoppers, and they are not poisonous. But all the other bugs, I'm not an expert on which ones are poisonous or not, so you'd have to be extra careful. With regards to eating bugs, uh, most people would have real issues with that. I certainly would as well. And so consider, you know, dehydrating them and then pulverizing them into powder, and then you could pour that onto your whatever the other food you have and so that you don't have to taste that stuff. Oh so my. we're talking worst-case scenario here oh, okay. if, if we had to do that. Okay. Uh, but also native plants. There are a lot of different varieties of plants in Colorado that you can eat. There just aren't very many of them with the many, you know, 6 million people we have here in Colorado. Uh, that stuff is all going to go very, fairly quickly. And the same thing with hunting. People say, well, I'm going to go to the mountains and hunt some deer. Everybody else is going to the mountains and hunting deer, too, and they'll last maybe a month or so, and then that's it. So you really need to stockpile food, and I would recommend one to two years, maybe more. And not just for you, but for your entire family and extended family, and maybe for your community as well, because a lot of those folks are not going to be doing these things. And if they don't have food, they're going to be competing with you for your food. So think in those terms. The people who you help to, to support, they're going to be protecting you and helping you. Mm -hmm. The people you don't, they're going to be competing with you for those foods. You know, Ted, as, as you're mentioning this, the World Economic Forum, uh, one of their goals is to um, put people into apartment buildings and ride mass transit. 
there's there's no way people living in an apartment could stockpile uh, two years of of food. Um, I mean, just I don't see how it could happen. Well, it can, uh, not easily, but it can. Uh, so with regards to stockpiling food, a lot of people think, well, in terms of can, canned foods and things like that that last a while. Uh, but there are other ways that are less expensive and uh, more space efficient, too. For instance, uh, dried beans. You can get dried beans uh, really, really cheaply for less than a dollar a pound. Uh, they last forever, and you can trade those beans because not only is it food, but it's also seed. So I've experimented with that, going to the grocery store and other stores to buy seed, uh, to buy beans that you eat, and planted those, and they grow just fine, only it's way, way cheaper. So, so like pinto beans or something like yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, any kind of beans. Pinto beans are fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then rice, uh, also very, very inexpensive. And you know, you know basically, if you have 100 pounds of, of rice and 50 pounds of beans, that is barely enough to survive for a whole year, but you can easily store that in a closet somewhere. Okay. Right? Okay. Let's go to break. I'm talking with my friend uh, Ted Misha uh, regarding how to survive the Great Depression. Uh, you mentioned that your mother uh, grew up in Nazi Germany, so when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. With the right training from Franktown Firearms, anyone can improve. The professionals at Franktown meet you at your current level of experience, gauging your level of confidence so that they know what kind of training to recommend to you. After you purchase your firearm, regardless of the level you're at, Franktown will encourage you to train. They maintain a comfortable atmosphere, encouraging improvement from any level with one-on-one training and private training up to advanced training and classes. They even offer a concealed carry certification class. Franktown actively avoids the corporate model as a family-owned, operated, and family-friendly environment. They give everyone the time of day, meaning that they emphasize the importance of training in a comfortable and inclusive environment. Franktown Firearms wants you to be as invested in improving your skills as they are in their training with you. Sign up for a course today at klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. 
Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. In the studio with me is my friend Ted Misha. And uh, we decided that we would talk about surviving the Great Depression. Yeah. And if, in fact, we don't get these public policies turned around, we're headed that way. Yeah. And uh, so it's an uh, important discussion to have. It's one of those I'd like to put my head in the sand and, and not talk about it. But um, these policies are, are, are headed towards a spot that's going to hurt Americans and, and hurt the world as well. But uh, let's talk about your mother just a little bit. She grew up in Germany, uh, Nazi Germany. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you bet. So my, my grandfather was an anti-Nazi leader in Germany during World War II. He was a dentist, and uh, he was uh, the leader of his pol- political party in a very small town in Germany. And uh, as the war went on, he was actually helping the Jews to escape through the Underground Railroad. And they figured out who he was and what he was doing, and they gave him a choice. They said, you can either go to a concentration camp, or we can send you to the Russian front. And he chose the Russian front. And thankfully, he was used as a surgeon, an oral surgeon there, instead of as a foot soldier. Um, but after Stalingrad, he had to come back to Germany. There was no transportation because the German military had been totally decimated, so they had to walk back from Russia to Germany, which took months. And he became very, very ill, had ended up in the hospital, uh, his son, my uncle, uh, was conscripted at age 14, was almost immediately severely injured, also ended up in the hospital. And there were no nurses or doctors at the hospitals because they were all on the fronts. And so my grandmother had to take care of them at the hospital, which was about two weeks from home, leaving my mother at age nine and her younger brother, my uncle, about two or three years younger than her, alone at home. And so they had to fend for themselves uh, in Germany, in a decimated Germany, where there were no, no stores. No food, no uh, transportation, electricity, no fuel, nothing. You had to survive on your own. So my mother at age nine had to uh, forage in the forests for mushrooms. And back in those days, people knew what they could eat and what they couldn't eat. So she could find mushrooms that were safe and and pick those. Uh, Dandelions were apparently something that were really important, very nutritious, not very tasty. I've tried it. And, uh, And making salads out of those. And then she had a few rabbits uh, that uh, were in cages in the backyard that she had to take care of and find food for. And apparently she had some great difficulty finding good food to keep the rabbits alive. Uh, Oftentimes they would die. Uh, Again, she's just nine years old, so she didn't really know a lot about, about those things. So rabbits uh, and chickens, I've, I've, grown, I've raised chickens myself, and uh, they're really easy. Not only are they good food themselves, but they produce a lot of eggs. I mean a lot of eggs, you know, usually one a day if the, if the hen is in pretty good shape. And, uh, and it doesn't require a whole lot of food. If you let them free range out there, it's, you can, they can pretty much survive on their own. They just need a safe place at night mm-hmm. uh, so that the predators don't come after them. So rabbits and chickens are, are really good. Um, goats are good. I haven't raised those myself, but they're pretty good. They produce uh, milk and uh, meat for you, and they can eat just about anything on their own. Uh, of course, you have to provide them with sh- food and shelter and, and water uh, where necessary. So um, native plants, again, my mother had a lot of different things in Germany that she was able to get here in Colorado. Some of the native things that you can get, uh, we talked about dandelions and mushrooms. You need to be extra careful. Even experts make mistakes on that. 
Uh, and you can die from mushrooms, so just you need to really know what you're doing with, it with regards to that. But raspberries are good. You find them in, usually in riverbeds. Uh, Colorado has a lot of currants, and people don't know that. They're kind of an orange berry about the size of a blueberry, and they grow on big bushes up in the mountains for the most part. Uh, strawberries, Colorado has native uh, strawberries. They're, they're tiny. They're smaller than a dime, but they're very sweet. Uh, oregano grows in Colorado, and uh, a lot of fruit trees, apples, crab apples, choke cherries, uh, and plums. You'll find mostly in the, cr- in the creek beds again, mm-hmm. but uh, they're really good to eat. And then tree bark. Uh, you've heard maybe the old Yule Gibbons yeah, uh, right. commercials, right? That The ponderosa pines, you can. The Indians, uh, when, in times of star- starvation in the wintertime, they would, uh, it's not the bark itself, but it's the cambium layer underneath the bark, the white layer between the wood and the bark that you can eat. And it's not tasty. I've tried it, uh, but it has some calories and it can pull you through if you absolutely have to. So pets in Germany, my mother said uh, the pets lasted about two or three months before people started to eat all their pets. And usually what they did is they traded pets so they didn't have to eat their own, uh, but trade with a neighbor. Uh, I have a friend who, uh, her mother grew up in France, occupied France during um, the war, and they ended up having to eat their cat. That's right. (laughs) I mean, it's terrible to say, but I, I know. So... Yeah, it's a food source. And if you if you don't eat them, then you have to feed them, right? And that's food you won't be eating and your neighbors won't be eating. So it's a problem. So, yeah, foods if you have to. So if you're, if you're, go- if you're not going to eat your pet, you have to provide them with food. So you have to stockpile that as well, right? Uh, tobacco, apparently my grandfather was growing tobacco during those times just to, as a trade source mm-hmm. because people wanted tobacco. Mm-hmm. Uh, alcohol is another one, you know, that you could trade as well. Uh, and back in, the, in Germany, again, there was no medical except at the hospital. And at the hospital, there were no doctors or nurses. So you had to send somebody to take care of those people. And, and most of the supplies were gone, too. So tell us about your grandfather and your uncle. Did they get out of the hospital? Your grandmother was there they nursing did. them? They survived. They were there for, for, my understanding, is one to two years, both of them, for different, completely different reasons. So it was a long time uh, that she was alone at home. And it, I shouldn't say completely alone. There were neighbors nearby, and I'm guessing that they came and they helped to, to sure. some degree. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm talking with Ted Misha, and I wanted to just make a note regarding inflation. Uh, right now, we have supplies of food, although we've seen this telegraphing from Joe Biden that there's going to be food shortages. They tell us what they want to try to make happen. But... Uh, Eggs have gone up significantly. Uh, I have uh, I have one of the delivery services. I've had them for years. Love them very much. And the eggs were uh, two ninety nine a dozen. Then they just had gone up recently to three ninety nine. And I just looked at the price, and they're now four forty nine uh, for a dozen. And I mean that those kinds of price increases on food staples is it's going to hurt it's going to hurt our young families people are trying to kind of keep it together to take care of their families people on the lower uh, rungs of the economic ladder this really hurts them and so they're the first ones that are being um, affected I think by this Ted oh absolutely and if you think about it too with regards to those prices and eggs and so forth uh, the way the market works you know with regards to supply and demand obviously if they're charging higher prices, fewer people are going to buy those eggs, which means there are fewer eggs out there right now because those prices are so high, right? Which means maybe for some reason that production's going down. And I hear that they had to cull a whole bunch of chickens and turkeys because of the bird flu. Right. So that's a part of it as well. I, I, and going to the supermarkets, I know 
uh, over the last few months, mayonnaise has not been very available. Sometimes there weren't, wasn't any mayonnaise at all at the stores that I went to. The dry beans that I'm talking about, I'm seeing the supply go way down in the stores for that too, maybe a third of what normally is out there. So we're seeing it. It's happening. It's, you know, it's not terrible at this point. It's still possible to get your one-year supply, but do it quick. Okay, and um, just a note regarding eggs. Again, World Economic Forum putting everything above human beings. Uh, there was legislation that was passed here in, in Colorado. And Colorado, my friends, is at the tip of the spear on this stuff. We think it's California. California, yes, but Colorado also. And there was legislation that was passed within the last few years uh, that um, chickens here in Colorado had to have certain amount of square footage uh, to, to to live to, and to make them happy to make them happy, and uh, it increases the cost of our to our egg producers. And this was all before all of this inflation, and the egg producers actually agreed to it because they were told that if they didn't, then it would go to the initiative process on the ballot. And they were concerned that they might get something worse. But I want to say to the egg producers, I want to say to each and every one of you, when you are dealing with tyrants and you acquiesce to them, you capitulate, it doesn't get better. So it is time for people to take a stand, Ted. Yeah, let me add to that, too, that the government does not know who you are or what your needs are. And so they can't possibly care about you because they have no idea who you are, right? They're going to do what they think is right for their own personal reasons, not for your reasons. So it's your duty as, as a citizen to, to take control of your government. That's how we were formed. Our, our, we were founded so that the people control the government, not the government controlling the people. And that means you have to take action. You do have to take action. And, and the place to take action is at the ballot box. Uh, and I am uh, very concerned that we have not gotten to a point where we are assured that we have free, fair, honest, and transparent elections here in Colorado. And uh, we need to continue to, to work towards that uh, because that is the, that's really the bedrock of this American idea, Ted. It is. You know, even if all of the elections are, are perfectly fair, but people don't believe they're fair, they're not going to vote. So it's incredibly important that people have the opportunity to see for themselves uh, what is what is actually happening in those elections? And uh, and again, when I say Colorado's at the tip of the spear, I think that we're at the tip of the spear in that particular arena as well. We've got a couple of minutes before we go to break. Uh, would love to have you you all give us a call. Let us know what you think about this. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. Uh, Ted Misha is in studio. We're talking about how to survive the Great Depression. Uh, I do think that if we can get our ship righted here in America through these elections and get people elected that are representatives of the people that believe in the Constitution, I believe we can get this turned around. But uh, we have this Biden administration, the World Economic Forum, the globalist elites have us headed towards a Great Depression. And uh, so it's important to acknowledge that and to know what to do if that's the case. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll uh, continue the conversation with Ted Mission. Before we do that, though, I uh, want to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation. They are raising money to uh, remodel the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. My friends, we have had over our generations people that have stood against tyrants and stood for our freedom. And uh, thank you to our military. And this is a great way to honor them. So go to US, go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. Contribute to help them. We'll be right back. 
Ladies and gentlemen, what do you know about informed consent? The principle is a cornerstone in medicine and applies to nearly all medical treatments, including vaccination. Informed consent is a legal and ethical obligation of your healthcare provider and should include the benefits, risk, and alternatives regarding the proposed treatment. Sadly, two-thirds of patients report not being given sufficient information about the treatment and even report feeling pressured to give consent. Informed consent, it's not just your signature, it could be your life. This message is sponsored by Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom.com. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. My name is Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. In studio with me is my friend Ted Misha. And uh, we're talking about how to survive the Great Depression. And the policies that are being put in place from the globalist elites, the World Economic Forum, the Biden administration uh, is barreling us towards a depression if we don't get this thing turned around. The way to get this turned around is to reclaim our American idea, our American constitution. It's doable. But it's also important to be prepared. And uh, so we've got a caller that's coming in here in just a moment. But quickly, let's talk about things that people should have on, you know, stored up. Yep. So this is the list. Okay. So obviously food for at least a year. We talked a little bit about that. And it includes baby food. Make sure you get food for your babies. Uh, Dehydrator. Uh, canning equipment, salt, refrigeration, and storage, those are all things to keep your food good over the winter time if it's not dried food. Medications for at least two years, because that may go away as well, especially if it's keeping you alive. Energy sources, so a solar generator would be a great, uh, if you have a fireplace, stock up on wood. Uh, light sources, fire starters such as matches and lighters. Uh, propane for your grill, maybe get an extra tank or two so you can cook on that. Uh, water collection materials we talked a little bit about. Ammunition would be a great source for trading. It's also ability to uh, ammunition and, and firearms is a good way to protect yourself. But trading am- ammo is going to be something that may happen. Other hunting weapons, if you don't have a gun, a bow and arrow, spear, whatever. But you got to practice with it. You have to know how to use it. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, precious metals. Uh, in in the first part of any emergency, it's not going to, you're not going to need precious metals, but maybe after things start to settle down, then trading in silver would be a great way to do it. Books on survival and medical, uh, toiletries, we've saw toilet paper disappear, but uh, uh, women's products and toothbrushes, soap, things like that, uh, you're really going to need those things. Bleach, if you're going to use that for, um, for um, purifying water. Uh, clothes, extra clothing, 
uh, cord, or they call cordage in survival, duct tape for, for tying things together, uh, books on education for your kids. There may not be schools open, so you need to make sure your kids uh, are provided for. And then, uh, re- and if things do go bad, recycle all your materials. Don't throw anything away. Most of the stuff you throw away, you can burn. If nothing else, you can use that for heat. Okay. Thank you, Ted Mish. We've got Eric uh, uh, from Denver on the line. Eric, welcome to the show. Hi. Courageous, Kim. <laughs> um, I am hot as fish grease. I was telling the great producer, Steve, <laughs> that Wayne Williams and... Oh my God, Grinnell. Jenna Griswold was Griswold was side by side in a Bronco preseason uh, commercial. I just wanted to know in the rot that the Democrats are bringing to their evilness of our beautiful country for the future of our beautiful babies coming up. Why would he side with that evil woman and then saying? Um, we want to put out, uh, combat the disinformation that's going out. I mean, what kind of statement is that? And these, they said that the, the elections are safe and secure. Oh, my God. I could see him doing that with, a, oh, with nobody on the Democrat side, uh, Courageous Kim. I am hot as fish grease. And you know how hot that is. I do know how hot that is, Eric. And uh, yeah, that that's a that's a big question for sure. Uh, and um, just bear in mind that uh, Wayne Williams was the Secretary of State uh, and had dictated that all counties in Colorado use the Dominion voting machines. So I don't know the answer to your question there, Eric. But I think it is a very important. <sighs> observation that you've made and i know that you're hot about it i had just tech, checked test, uh, text messages in between i'm like oh eric eric is hot <laughs> and and, uh, and rightfully so and, i, I want to say and rightfully so and i don't want to be a ball hog because it's an honor to speak with you on this uh monday morning but you can see i'm out of breath i, I had to run to my notes because i just want Wayne Williams on your show, and I want Sheriff Reams and all the good sheriffs to to witness and to be there on November the 8th to shut down this cheating, because that's all the Democrats do to win. They cheat and steal. Rush Limbaugh has been emphasizing this since 1992 that I've been listening to him, and I I think that you are our female Rush Limbaugh. And on that note, I'll let everybody, come, I mean, get off. Well, and I do, and I, I do want to say, Eric, you make some fabulous burritos, and thank you for sharing your burritos with us on, mon- or on last Friday morning. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. Okay, bye now. Bye. Um, I'm speechless. I, I don't really know what to, to say about that, but it, it is... I will say that we must have free, fair, honest, and transparent elections, and and people need to participate in that process for us to reclaim our American idea, to protect our Constitution, and to prevent us from heading towards this Great Depression that the globalist elites, um, the World Economic Forum, has us headed towards, uh, Ted Misha. Yeah, let me add to that, too. So so I've had the opportunity to be, be a delegate uh, to my party for the last six years. 
And uh, when I became a delegate, I had no idea what a delegate even was. And so I did a little research on that uh, and learned that delegates are the people who choose uh, who's going to be on the primary ballot. And I, again, taking it very seriously, I know a lot of people, they go to websites and go to public forums to, to listen to what the candidates have to say, but they say all say the same thing, they just present differently. So I decided to take a different tactic and call all of them and ask them for a one-on-one -on -one interview. And so today, when I do that work, I spend three hours with every candidate, every single one in my district, and get to know them on a personal level to find out who they are, whether they're honest or not, whether they're transparent or not, and where they stand on the issues. And it's a way better way than going to a forum or going to a website. And I'm choosing candidates that are not only uh, conservative from the perspective that I like, but also ones that are fighters, like Lauren Boebert, who really mm -hmm. want to get things done. Uh, I'm not choosing the other ones. So it, there's a lot more to, to being active in, in civics than just voting. There's so much more you can do, and people don't know it. There's so much you can do. Well, there really is. And to your point, electing people that are fighters for this American idea, but we can't leave it up to them. That's right. we, have to, we have to do that in our everyday life as well. And, and when we say fighters, I think that there's these reasonable conversations that you can have with people. You need to be the fighter to have these conversations uh, because uh, self-censoring yourself to not talk about these important issues with others is uh, and, and asking others to censor themselves to, and not talk about these important issues does he head us towards this Great Depression if we don't engage in this battle of ideas, Ted. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and there's, there's kind of two sides to that as well. We talked about, about people not getting involved and not speaking out. But there's also people who, who talk too loudly and who are, who are divisive. And they certainly in various counties across Colorado, there are factions of conservatives fighting with each other, which we don't want to see either. So for me, I'm a Christian, and I look at it from the perspective of what am I going to do, and is what I'm going to do similar to what Jesus would do? And if it is, I do it, and if it's not, I don't do it. I want to do it the, things the right way. And, um, and, and, and Christ didn't roll over. Either no. I, in fact, now I can't remember if it was uh, a sermon that I heard or if it was something that that uh, I read. But um, I guess it was. I think it was the homily yesterday that um, Christ wasn't just this. Uh, oh, you know, turn the other cheek. You know, and didn't take a stand right. on things. He did take a stand on things, and so that's we need to take heart from that as well, Ted. That's right. Speaking out with love, right? But speaking out for sure. Yes, and firmly. Uh, so let's see, we've got just a few minutes left, and, and, and Eric has me kind of whipped up here as well. <laughs> but free, fair, honest, and transparent elections are so important, and we need to be assured that that is the case because we can, because we can, uh, we can, we know it ourselves as the citizen versus two talking heads telling us that. What do you think, Ted? Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you mind if I talk just a little bit about community? Do. It's, it would so be great. It's, it's a really important aspect. And before we do that, though, you are willing to take this show on the road. So if people reach out to you. That's right. T to churches or other groups who have interest in this and want to spread the word. Um, so my email address, all one word, home of the free and the brave at yahoo.com. Uh, contact me and I'll, I'll come. I'll come speak uh, at whatever group that you have. 
So yeah, and community is, is an incredibly important part of that. We haven't really talked about that yet. But getting people on your side uh, to help you in, in cases of disaster, it, doesn't, it can be any kind of disaster, it doesn't have to necessarily mm-hmm. be what we were talking about, but getting the community involved in everything we do, whether it's politics or whether it's survival, it doesn't matter. And that involves churches, for sure. Church is an instantaneous organization that can help if you can get them on board. And sometimes churches are a little hard to, to get them to move in one direction or another. But uh, don't think of it in terms of getting it done today. Think of it in terms of long term that you can work on it over time to get them involved in survival. Some churches are really already on board with that and, and, and making sure you stockpile and others are not so much. But once they learn what's happening in the country, I think they'll be willing to do that. So and not just churches, uh, other groups, community groups, uh, uh, military groups are great because they already have some background in survival and know how to do that. Um, uh, what else? Clubs. There's a lot of clubs out there who may want to at least learn what's going on. You can start a gardening club. We haven't talked much about gardening. There's a lot to it, and you need to practice. Start now uh, with your gardening because you're going to make mistakes, and you don't want to do that when you, when you really need it. Um, inform people about what's coming on, uh, what's, what's happening. Talk about what, what you hear on, on Kim's show uh, and, and share that information with them so that they realize that they need to do something. Make a plan. Know where you're going to meet your community people if there's a disaster, if there's a tornado or an earthquake or whatever, uh, where everybody's going to meet. And who has what roles, who the leaders are within your group, who the gardeners are, who the protectors are, who the traders are, and the doctors especially. You need to know who your doctors are. So have a little bit of a database to collect all that information and, and know who has which, which resources. Ted Misha, this has just been so informative. We're going to have to continue these conversations. Again, what's, that, what's your email address? Sure. All one word, home of the free and the brave at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for sharing all this with us. My pleasure. Okay, and our quote for the end of the show is from Thomas Paine. He said, I have always strenuously supported the right of every man to his own opinion, however different that opinion might be to mine. He who denies to another this right makes a slave of himself to his present opinion because he precludes himself the right of changing it. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.